Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be spoiler-free of details from future episodes, but don't be alarmed if we bring up some details from the show's past. Uh, I'm Jason, and, well, I'm sitting here with a a glass of bourbon with my friend Harrison. And I'm Harrison. And I'm sitting here with a glass of beer with my friend Jason. It's one of our, uh, I, I, I realized we were talking about something just before this, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm like, my mind's preoccupied on that, and I can't think of any details for the episode. Yeah, it was kind of heavy, so I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, Jason, what episode are we watching today? Uh, Harrison, we are watching Angel, season one, episode 16, The Ring. This is the, uh... This is the requisite uh, main character gets caught in a fighting, an illegal fighting ring yep. that happens in pretty much every sci-fi fantasy franchise. Um, and uh, Angel decides to pull a Spartacus and convince the uh, and convince the other fighters to uh, fight back. It is indeed. Um, remember how I was I was talking about how like. Like, the time loop Groundhog Day episode is, like, one of my favorite tropes, and, like, I don't think I've ever seen it go, like, disastrously wrong. The main character gets caught in, like, the illegal fantasy sci-fi fighting trope. It's probably my least favorite. Even when it's done well, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, I can name a few instances where it's done well. This isn't done poorly, but it's not It's not the best showing, and it's just kind of a meh. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Ring was written by Howard Gordon and directed by Nick Mark and originally aired on February 29th, 2000. So that is Leap Day. And you know what else came out on Leap Day 2000? That would be an extremely goofy movie. Nice! Similar themes. Oh, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Stay tuned for our extremely goofy movie episode. I mean, we have to do our quest for Camelot episode yeah. first. <laughs> We've been promising for two years we can actually do that now we could (laughs) um intro music I guess we've already talked about what we've what we're drinking this week well specifically I am drinking uh Evan Williams bourbon and uh, if you are in or going to be near the Louisville area, you can visit the Evan Williams Experience mm-hmm. in downtown Louisville. Just one of the many sites. Have you ever Have you ever visited? I haven't, but it looked. I've I've walked outside it a couple times, and it it just looks beautiful inside. Yeah, we had um, at the Kentucky Center a couple years ago. They hosted. I don't remember what the what it what it was for, but they like. Um, no, actually, I think they did it for, like, everyone on Museum Row, which is for listeners who aren't in Louisville or who are and don't know, Museum Row is, like, this stretch of Main Street where there are several museums, mm-hmm. um, like the Slugger Museum, the Science Center, Fraser Museum, Fraser Museum, the Hamad Ali Center, um, and the Evan Williams Experience just invited, like, employees from, like, all the different organizations to do, like, a free tour. And it, it's really cool. They're, Correct like, me if I'm wrong, nice. but uh, from the outside, is, isn't it, like, isn't it, like, multi-stories mm-hmm. and the outside it looks like 
bourbon is being poured from the top story to the uh, to a glass in the bottom story, or am I mixing that up um, with something else? You're you're close. It's not quite. Uh, the scale's not quite as big, but okay. it, it does have, like, a fountain that is a giant glass of bourbon, yeah. like, being poured into, like, it and it's water, really, of yeah. course. But yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking a... You know, I didn't actually see what beer was poured for me. I think it's a Narragansett. John poured it. <laughs> so, I think that's what I'm drinking. Uh, Jason, would you take to take us away? Um, Here is to... The city of Louisville, yeah. a wonderful place to live and hopefully keeps getting better. Um, Not I mean, without its issues. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's got plenty of its issues, but uh, also this last year has shown me that it's full of people ready to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Oh, that one wasn't as satisfying. I wonder if it's this glass. Maybe. I mean, these are just, yeah, these are just not our... I feel like the last couple like episodes, we've just been so like, oh my god, we're recording in person. Break out the nice shit. And then... <laughs> you think we were hearing it, like just hearing what we wanted to hear? <laughs> All right, the ring. Yeah, it's away, Jason. Um, so this starts off with uh, demons, 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 uh, which is the name of a demon search database, a demon search engine, um, on the internet. The very year 2000 looking internet. Oh, gosh. Um, but uh, Cordy is uh, basically using this. And uh, and Wesley is, of course, uh, talking about how nothing can beat a good old-fashioned book. Um, they then... What is this? I, Robot, you, Jane? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> let's, not, let's not visit past trauma. Okay. Um, but uh, they start bickering where uh, Cordelia lands a solid blow of, oh, you watch Jeopardy, you do nothing but watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. The ladies must be all over you. And uh, Wesley counters with the fact that Cordy's lifestyle is pretty vapid and full of like pumps and stuff like that. And, oh, push-up bras. Push-up bras, because she retorts and wins. Yeah. The, the only person wearing a push-up bra around here is... Um, and then Angel walks in and she just goes, Angel? <laughs> so I don't know if things out in LA are like they are here, but here, Wheel of Fortune comes on before Jeopardy. I'm impressed and horrified that you know that. I watch Jeopardy every night. I didn't remember. I did know that. But anyway, Angel shows up and, uh, it doesn't really seem to care that, uh, they're both bickering. He does call them children, though. Yes. Which... <laughs> In all fairness. <laughs> it is everything Cordy and Wesley in this episode fucking gold. It is. Non-stop laughs. It, non-stop laughs. And also, I'm, I'm very impressed with um, with both of them in, uh, in certain aspects mm-hmm. of what their job has become. Yeah. And uh, this uh, angel then brings to the attention of Cordy and Wes that uh, a man has walked in. A man is looking pretty roughed up. It uh, says that his name is Darren McNamara, and uh, his brother, um, his little brother Jack, has been kidnapped. Um, and uh, he's been, he's not the greatest of guys. He's kind of like been deep in with bookies and mm-hmm. gambling debts, and um, and uh, Jack and um, but Jack was actually kidnapped 
by people who were not exactly people. Dun dun dun. Demons. <laughs> I do love because then we get like we get that dramatic line and a cut to the credits, and like this is fine. It works. It's whatever. But it does feel a little weird that the show's treating this like they weren't exactly people. And me as, a, as an audience member, I'm like, yeah, I assumed because I'm <laughs> watching Angel. Like... I have to say, though, um, I feel like uh, this episode, while it's not my favorite episode, I feel like it's one of the best to capture the tone that Angel has been going for this season of like kind of yeah. a gritty noir detective show with the demons of uh, Buffy. Yeah, I think I think that's a really I think that's accurate, uh, especially since in this episode in particular, um, it's Wesley and Cordelia who are forced to do the noir stuff mm-hmm. um, that Angel would usually be taking care of. Um, but uh, which spe- is nice. speaking of Wes and Cordelia, they are they are just like all about uh, asking the right questions, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's like. They've got their rhythm now. Yeah. Of course, um, uh, Darren reveals that uh, he he got he got sent something by uh, the bookie that Jack owed money. And uh, so before it was revealed, Jason was like, "I think it's a finger," and I was like, "I think it's an ear." And Jason was right. So it was a finger. <laughs> here's an imaginary five dollars. You've won the finger ear contest guys this is my first payment from booze and buffy <laughs> i can't wait to write this off in my taxes <laughs> uh would you write that off or would that wouldn't that be taxable yeah income? It, it, i guess it technically would be taxable income don't worry i'll cut all of this out the irs will <laughs> never know yeah like i i when i get my w-2 form <laughs> it'll be like oh don't forget social security <laughs> medicare Pay your taxes. Um, it comes to 45 cents after all the deductions. But you know what? That's 45 cents I can take to the bank. <laughs> uh, but yes, obviously, um, uh, Angel decides that, oh, I'm going to go talk to this bookie. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Cordelia and Wes get the descriptions of the demons and they're going to Cordy's ready to use demons, demons, demons. Uh, not I, the demon database. I love um, or Dima Google. I nice. That'd be cool. Except, was Google a thing yet? I know it was In the year two thousand. I feel like it was. Um, it was either. I'm I'm almost certain Yahoo was. I wonder what's going on in my old Yahoo email accounts from high school. It was Harry underscore the underscore actor at yahoo.com, except, except I accidentally spelled Harry wrong. You spelled Harry wrong? Um, it was, uh, I mean, it was less of a like, oh no, I don't know how to spell and more of a, just a typo that I didn't catch while making it. And then I was stuck with it. Ooh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> um, when did Google... Uh, September 4th, 1998. So Google was an infant. Yes. Or I guess a I, toddler. So I remember um, in grade school, because uh, year 2000, I would have been in February of 2000. I believe I would have been in third grade, because I remember seeing coverage of the 2000 election in fourth grade, mm-hmm. so which would have been later 2000. 
I also could be completely wrong on this, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, we had a computer class and uh, we didn't use Yahoo. We used Yahoo for kids, Yahooligans. Wow. Have you never heard of Yahooligans? I have not. It was basically like a search engine that had like as many parental blockers built into it <laughs> as you get, but it also like the homepage had plenty of like little activities and games and in interesting information uh okay. for kids nice nice so no porn but puzzles no that would have been uh yeah boobligans or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah boobligans all right this has gone off the rails if you um, take one thing from this podcast apparently it's yeah boobligans <laughs> just push up bras of <laughs> um angel walks angel goes to where ernie does who is doing a uh, invite only poker game and uh oh god angel's such a smooth operator he, he walks in and he's like oh it's been a while since i played but i think you'll find my jacks are showing fairly well and he shows like two pictures of jack that darren gave him nice and uh yeah and so that's smooth already but then um ernie immediately grabs for his gun and angel's got it so he's like oh hey let's go talk but you see you know what would have been a better power move like i get why he doesn't do it because it you know would hurt like hell um and be really inconvenient but if you just like let this guy shoot him and be like what now bitch <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> like like that's a power move it's all right angel still gets shot in this episode that's true good for him <laughs> another really smooth move um this was so hot can i yeah. describe it because it's go for it making me horny um yeah, harrison's cover... nipples are fully erect uh, cover my nipples cross my legs um <laughs> So, yeah, the guys, they go outside, and this guy, this dude, Ernie, is that his name? Ernie's the bookie. Uh, he's, like, got a cigarette, and Angel makes, like, he's got a lighter, uh, and he, like, holds his, quote-unquote, lighter up, and the guy kind of leans forward to start Angel light it, and Angel just, like, slips up a $100 bill, um, or maybe $200 bills. I he does just... say that Angel paid $200 okay. for the info. Um, and even this guy's, like nice that was hot <laughs> it really was it's like I mean, i'm a red-blooded heterosexual but damn it's like that move worked on me yeah i mean angel's looking to sploosh everybody in this in this episode um but he's not the only one yeah. uh ernie does say that jack uh may be somewhere under beechwood canyon meanwhile back at ai uh cordelia and wesley are uh, looking at the demon database and Cordy is putting in all the different uh, descriptions that uh, Darren gave them. It seems like a very thorough database. I like it. Like, yeah, I, it's interesting the prompts that it has. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, Claws or hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as soon as Wesley has read off all the information, um, Cordelia presses enter and uh, it starts loading and, and Wes starts on a uh, doomed... <laughs> on a doomed I told you so speech when he says oh by the time that it's done searching I'll have already and then of course it's done yeah. because that's what was going to happen when yeah. you knew this was set up that way even in 2000 when it took five full minutes to load an internet page oh boy I'm just thinking of all the, the times I, I'm just thinking of all the times I logged on to America Online mm -hmm. um, welcome You've got mail. <laughs> it was always sad when I didn't have mail. Yeah, right? It was like... It's just like, welcome. Silence. Hated it. 
but what they find out is that um, it's actually called a howler demon. Uh, don't worry, they live up to their name. Um, well, um, would you call what they do howling? I. It sounded like Girl Scouts being kicked oh, in the shins. Oh! <laughs> because uh, Angel does in fact uh, go into a sewer and is attacked by a group of howler demons, which look, which look like I don't know, like some kind of weird alien s creature mixed with the sona from star trek insurrection yeah like weird pale heads and then like red jumpsuits yeah <laughs> but uh it was really Very funny be- it was really funny because they were making these noises that just made me laugh like oh 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 like that's what I, that's the sound a howler makes like it's it's like um like a video game for children whenever you like hit the bad guy but because it's for children you know the noises can't sound too painful Mm -hmm. so it comes across as like uncomfortably sexual (laughs) (laughs) red tea for teen (laughs) (laughs) but uh at at this moment but uh the good camera shot here um the uh it, show, it basically shows that somebody is watching as mm-hmm. Angel is fighting all of these Howler demons. Um, and uh, he is trying to learn um, anything that he can. Uh, but, and he's asking for Jack McNamara. And the Howler says like, oh, uh, we, sold, we sold him. He's like, oh, to whom? And, that, and so he ends up going to, a, uh, to this um, club sort of thing Uh, yeah it's it's not the greatest of neighborhoods but there are whole speakeasy yeah but there are like a whole bunch of really well-dressed people waiting to get into this place so that uh that doesn't sound too great so speaking of great angel does pull off one he pulls off a sore a sewer (laughs) grate to get in there (laughs) now we learn late, like shortly after this, right, that all of this was a setup to like get Angel there mm-hmm. so they could kidnap him and force him to fight. Which means that Ernie the Bookie was presumably, it seems, supposed to tell Angel this information, which I I like his moxie that he also wrangled a couple hundred bucks out of Angel for information that, <laughs> that he was already going to give. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it seems that uh, seems that a lot. He's used to people not paying their debts, so <laughs> like he hasn't been dealing with any Lannisters as of late. So <laughs> it's just like, yeah, sure. Um, Angel does go. Uh, Angel, de- oh, excuse me, uh, according to the Buffy wiki, he pulls the bars away from a basement window and enters the building. Um, it is a bar, and while he's going in there, he sees a dark-haired... Sexy! ...woman. <laughs> Welcome to the Buffyverse, Stephanie Romanov, who is the actor playing Lila Lila Morgan. Morgan. If... Lila Evil, why so hot, is my question. <laughs> I love Lila. And I think yes. this is a good... Um, she doesn't do a lot in this episode, but, but then I think again, she makes a really good first impression. Then again, 
Apart from the pilot episode, Wolfram and Hart hasn't really done much of anything. Yeah, so far by Cordelia. Yeah, um, this is. I think she makes a really strong. This this character makes a really strong impression, mm-hmm. even in this relatively small part in this episode. So you know, read between the lines of what I'm saying, listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, this will not be the last time we see Lila Morgan. Um, Angel, while he's walking by, he um, he says hi to her, but she because she has dropped what ends up being a betting ticket, so this uh, kind of points Angel in that direction. I couldn't tell if it was weird direction or if Lila knocked it off the table on purpose, because um, it looked kind of intentional. Um, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell if it was weird blocking or a character beat. Um, I don't know. I don't know either. But uh, then here we go. Angel walks into a room, and uh, it is a uh, pit style room with like a pit style ring, where demons are being forced into playing gladiator style matches. Mm-hmm. And uh, when one demon is about to kill the other, all the crowd is chanting, killing blow, killing blow. <laughs> and uh, and there's a man who tosses a knife to the demon who has the upper hand, and he cuts his throat. Now, I um, I, want, I made an observation here that I told Harrison um, that uh, Angel looks away when that mm-hmm. happens, which... I think is a nice little choice uh, by, I don't know if, uh, if, if David Boreanaz did that or if that was like direction, but it's a nice choice because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we know that Angel isn't squeamish around death. I mean, he knows everything that he did is jealous, but he also, um, he's reached this point of mercy and uh, compassion that he doesn't like seeing senseless violence and murder like this. Yeah. So I like that. It's a nice beat. It is. Um, the demon who has won is named Tom Cribb. And next up is uh, Trepkos. And at this point, Angel notices Jack, who he recognizes from the pictures that Darren gave him. And uh, who I was recognizing for a while, but I couldn't pin it. At first, I thought he was Mark Pellegrino. Um, and for those of you who don't know who that is, uh, think Jacob from Lost. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the guy who says, where's the money, Lebowski? <laughs> from the big Lebowski. As well as several other things. Um, I, I learned that he played Lucifer on Supernatural as I was Googling him in the episode. Because I Googled Mark Pellegrino, Angel. And that, of course, his role in Supernatural <laughs> is what popped up. Because Lucifer Morningstar is a fallen angel, for those who don't know. Hey, look at the old Catholic boy over there. Um, <laughs> but this is not Mark Pellegrino. However, this guy, and I already forgot his name, uh, something Winters? Something uh, something Winters? Scott William Winters. And uh, th- the reason that I recognized him was because one of my favorite movies is Goodwill Hunting, and there's an iconic scene in which uh, this uh, guy is playing 
a guy who is trying to basically make Ben Affleck look bad, look stupid, as Ben Affleck's trying to talk to Minnie Driver, and then uh, Matt Damon turns it around on this guy, makes him look stupid, and uh, of course Minnie Driver eventually gives Matt Damon her phone number, and later on they see this guy in a cafe window, and Matt Damon walks up, knocks on the window, and says, Do you like apples? The guy's like, Yeah. Well, I got her number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> One of the greatest lines in cinematic history. An icon, truly. If you, if you have not seen Goodwill Hunting, obviously that's a great line, but it is also an extremely well-written movie. Um, very well acted. One of my favorite roles from both Matt Damon and Robin Williams. Um, and actually, Mini Driver to kind of throw that out there too i, I mean driver yeah i mean honestly i think my favorite roles from her are this and jane from tarzan <laughs> i am really partial to her guest appearances on will and grace um <laughs> where she plays uh uh john cleese's daughter and therefore um uh uh karen's uh stepdaughter when she and john cleese are briefly married yeah. and one of uh, Karen Walker's greatest, uh, greatest uh, adversaries. <laughs> also, Karen Walker, Minnie Driver. Oh! oh. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, if you take anything from this besides, uh, yeah, Boobligans, uh, watch Goodwill Hunting. Boobligans. Um, Oscar-winning screenplay for those who care about the Oscars. Uh, yeah, Boobligans just makes me think about, like, really sexy goblins with big tits. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Oh, like a, like a Like a, or maybe like a Moblin from, like, Legend of Zelda, but, like, really busty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, busty Moblins. <laughs> Whew. Um, Angel follows Jack and, uh... He follows him and his like crowd down a uh, down a corridor, and uh, guess what? Um, there's Darren as well. As Harrison mentioned, this was a setup, and uh, and uh, they cut like some of these men come at him with cattle prods. Angel wakes up and uh, finds out that he has a he is chained in a cage and he has a bracelet uh bound to his wrist and it has xxi on there which of course in which of course spells out oh my god but in roman numerals means 21 yes (laughs) i don't know it could still be i I suppose you're not wrong um um and uh these bracelets uh basically um, there's a red demarcation line around where the prisoners are because they're obviously the other prisoners are the other fighters. And, uh, if you are to, if a demon were to go, if anybody wearing the bracelet were to go over this red line, they would be disintegrated, dusted, which is later, uh, which is later, uh, demonstrated by one of the, one of the demons that just decides to take a jump at Darren. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the Darren and Jack explain that uh, the only way you can get out of there is uh, to remove the bracelet, and that only happens when you make your 21st kill. And uh, because this guy, um, because this guy like jumped over the barrier, well, I need to try to stop him. 
Angel is then sent in t as his replacement. Now, I did kind of skip a little bit over here. I did skip, like, uh, the part where um, Angel's, like, eating some gruel with the, yeah. with the other prisoners. Chekhov's uh, long tongue. Yes, <laughs> yes. There's a guy who, um, I believe I said, like, uh, a hat rack that was fucked by a chameleon or something like that. All right. Yeah. That scene actually kind of is illustrates why I don't like this type of episode. Because in this type of episode, I, I know not just not just an angel. Anytime, you know, the several times that Star Trek does it across its various iterations, um, I'm almost certain there was a, a Smallville episode uh, with that premise. Um, That's actually probably my favorite version of that premise. Um, I liked that one. That one was better because liked, it was, that mostly kind of it was Lois, right? No, no, Clark was in it, and. Um, he was in a, yeah. like a cage match with a phantom from the Phantom That's Zone. That's right. And um, the reason that I love that is because you don't get to see Clark like go all out because hey, he's super strong, and a lot of the people that he goes up against aren't as strong as him. But the fact that you get to see like an honest to god real fight scene from yeah. Clark is it was fantastic. I did like that, but generally, like to in these situations, they have to. It's forcing our main character to kill someone. Mm -hmm. But the show has to make sure that they that the person that they have to kill is unsympathetic and bad so that we don't turn on our protagonist. But then that just kind of leaves you stuck with a bunch of really unpleasant people as your supporting cast. Yeah. Um, which can be a drag. I do like that this episode... It's kind of funny. This episode, we know like, basically nothing about the guy that Angel actually does end up killing... And the one who seems like he's going to be the most antagonistic kind of turns it around there at the end. So I appreciate it that it plays with the trope, but it's still, it's just a trope I don't enjoy very much. So I'm sure if people like that trope, then this is probably a really fun episode for them. I mean, I mean, Voyager, when it used that trope, you were able to bring in Dwayne The Rock Johnson oh, as a guest star. Fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, that's right, guys. Dwayne The Rock Johnson did, in fact, play an alien cage wrestler on Star Trek Voyager in which he had to fight Seven of Nine. I think I blocked that episode from my mind. Oh, never. Oh, never. Would, that, would, that, would have been re that would have been, like, really, really early on in his, like, acting career. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure, like, he still would have been, like... Still like wrestling? knee deep in WWE. Okay. Because I'm trying to think. Like I think one of the first things I ever saw him in um, as an actor that wasn't wrestling related was Scorpion King. Okay. Um, and obviously like Mummy Returns, and uh, that was some year. Um, <laughs> that would have been. I think the first Mummy was what like '99. I think you might be right. So probably like mid 2000s at that point for yeah. for Scorpion King. Yeah. And hey, by the way, a lot of people give shit to the Scorpion King movie, but if you enjoy the movies that Dwayne The Rock Johnson makes, honestly, that's kind of like, this is kind of like the build, the first mold of it. And I think it's a very enjoyable movie. I, I'm not going to say that it's like a good movie, but I don't think it's like 
completely not worth your time. I know that this is not what you meant, but at the very beginning of where you started that sentence, I was like, wow, what a backhanded compliment. Because <laughs> I thought you were about to say, if you enjoy the type of movies that The Rock makes, then this is a movie for you. Obviously, I know it's not what you meant, but it's No, but like, I think, it's, I think it's fair to say that The Rock makes a... Um, a certain type of yeah, film. Yeah, he, he does make a certain type of film. He very much goes for the uh, the crowd pleasers, the action flicks. Um, he doesn't typically go for anything too deep. Uh, but, um, like, you know, he goes for popcorn movies. And this is... And I think The Scorpion King is um, a really good example of just like, oh, this is the direction that his career is taking and it's gonna be a good one. So... Here's another movie recommendation. If you want, you can do a double feature. Goodwill Hunting and The Scorpion King. I mean, it's the obvious double feature. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can make it a triple feature before the end of this podcast episode. Oh, goodness. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically, Angel is trying to, trying, like, right away to convince people, like, to convince the fires, like, hey, we need to, like, stand up to them. And it was like, fuck off. Yeah. And, uh... And they're like, look, you're going to have to, like, you can't make friends here. You're going to have to kill people. It's like, I'm not going to. Um, so uh, I missed this when we were watching the episode. But uh, apparently Wesley had called Kate. Um, to, and she oh, apparently did know. I missed that, too. Yeah, it says here in the Buffy Wiki, the next day at Angel Investigations, Wesley calls Kate and is disappointed to learn that she doesn't know where Angel is. So that had to have been, like, just a comment that he made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Cordelia cannot reach Darren. Um, so Wesley still has the name of the bookie, Ernie. And uh, <laughs> Wesley is, uh, oh, I'm going to go see the bookie. And I'm taking this. And pull tries to pull out just the crossbow, I believe. But then ends up pulling out a whole bunch of other stuff too. He's like, and obviously some other things. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... This is great setup because obviously we've seen Wesley be just kind of like a bumbling guy, and uh, but in in fact like uh, it's great because when he actually does go see the bookie, he is able to uh, actually be an intimidating yeah. force. So here's a comment I was thinking about while watching that scene in particular, but also just thinking about Wesley and his growth. And Giles and his growth, and how both of these characters, obviously we've seen more growth from Giles, but... Oh, we've um, also seen more of Giles. More of Giles, exactly. Um, but how, once they've cut ties from the Watcher's Council, how much more not competent they become. Not that Giles wasn't... Giles was always competent, but he was very, you know, early Giles was very by the book. We have to do this yeah, this it, way. Yeah, he had one arm tied behind his back. Yeah. And so, and yeah, um, so it's, I mean, yeah, the Watcher's Council fucking fired Wesley for being a big old doofus. But I mean, I think what we're seeing is that they're a lot of the reason he wasn't very good at what he was doing. And he's clearly, without them holding him back. Which is just, maybe just, just my long way of saying, fuck the Watcher's Council, those old wrinkly bags of dust. <laughs> but yeah, this this seems so cool, because Ernie's actually um, having some of his boys beat up a guy. Um, Wesley asks where Angel is, and um, Ernie's like, oh, your boss gave me $200 for information. And 
And he's like, uh, what are you going to give me? He's like, oh, well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to intimidate you. <laughs> and, and, and uh, of course, that causes everybody to laugh. And um, then he nails this guy's Wes- hand Wes- to a wall. Wesley pulls out a crossbow. The guy says, oh, who are you, Robin Hood? And he, like, pull, and as he pulls out his gun, Wesley shoots him right in the hand. And, yeah, his hand's stuck in the fucking wall now. I... I mean, listen, I'm, I'm gone on the record. I'm anti-crossbow, but damn. Yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) This was great. But, uh, but yeah, so now, um, we have the fight starting up. Lila is, um, Lila's talking to Darren about Angel and, uh, oh, well, I mean, he's got a soul, so maybe that'll give him an advantage. Um... And uh, at this point, uh, Mellish, the guy who uh, Angel kind of stood up for earlier but didn't really care that much, he's like, uh, look, you're fighting, um, I can't remember the name, it's like, it's like Barry or... Benny or Benny. some shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you won't remember him. Yeah. But uh, he's basically um, trying to give him some info, like, oh, hey, like his left eye was gouged out or something like that. And... Uh, and he just like nope, not killing anybody. Um, Mellish, meanwhile, has to fight um, Te- Te- Tevros Trepkos Trepkos Trepkos. Too many demon names to keep up with. Yeah, and we can't even remember what's probably the simplest one. But yeah, so Angel goes in to the ring, and Crib is the name of the guy with the long tongue. Okay. Um, yeah, he says, um, oh, Angel isn't even really fighting because he's not. He's basically just like evading hits. Yeah, he's evading hits, he's blocking, um yeah. and uh this guy like this guy that he's up against just Benny just has is not able to uh sorry, it's it now I just saw in the heights this past Thursday, so now I'm thinking <laughs> of Benny. Um nice. But uh but yeah, um so now we have Cordelia and Wes arriving. Uh, they're dressed. They're dressed up like uh, they they know they know that they need to get in, be like all like glitzy and everything. But they also need tickets. Fortunately, love this. Uh, they um they see a couple that is getting out of the uh, that is getting out of their car, and so they immediately like go into fake cop mode. Unfortunately, they forgot their fake cop badges. Yep. That doesn't stop them, though, from still pulling the fake cop routine. So, I love this. You can describe this she one. She is, she just, she names herself Detective Andrews, then can't think of a name for for Wesley, so just says his name backwards and <laughs> calls him Detective Yelsu, um, which is actually really funny. I was on um, the, the, I was looking at the TV Tropes page for this episode earlier, and someone put on there that she, when she said Yelsu, that she was referring to the fact that he was wearing a yellow, yellow suit. suit. And I was like, I think you missed the actual, like, <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe this person just got it on a deeper level than me. But um, she, Cordelia tells Wesley to show them his badge and write down their license plate number. So he, like, pulls out, like, his wallet and just, like, 
waves it really quickly <laughs> in an arc and then puts it back in his pocket. Um, but um, the husband and wife aren't buying it. Oh no, he's mad. Well, he's pissed because he's like, "Your boss is a friend of mine," um, which shocking. He refers to the uh, LAPD uh, police chief. Yeah. What? The LAPD police chief crooked? I can't believe it. I am surprised and shocked. So anyway, <laughs> they um, Wesley nearly blows it because he's like something's going down tonight, and but Cordelia's like, Cordelia plays it cool. Ease it back, ease yeah. it back. Cordelia plays it cool, and he's like the guy's like, oh no, like there's there's gonna be a raid, and she's like, listen, we're just trying to help you out, man. And they're like, maybe we should go home. And Cordelia's like, I think that would be a wise decision. And um, at some point during this conversation, she's like managed to get a hold of their ticket. Yeah. Because um, oh yeah, she like grabs it from him and is like, are you aware that this is a unlicensed sporting event? And he's like, well, if it's illegal, then why are all these people here? It's like, hey, <laughs> you, you get to be one of the people that isn't here. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, but yeah, no, yeah, no. Cordelia showed some incredible savvy in this, Ooh. and honestly, she should be getting more acting jobs because that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, Baker was the name of the guy that Angel's fighting. Ah, Baker, of course. <laughs> How could I have forgotten Baker, the the um, demon with no personality or character traits? Yes, Cordelia and Wesley uh, walk in. They see Darren. Oh, hey, that's not great. Um, he's holding this bracelet. Um, Wesley's able to pretty much kind of put it all together real quick mm-hmm. that um, this is very much like, oh, these are Roman Empire style demon fights. And he like sees the bracelet and immediately gets the like, oh, if they go past the red line, they get disintegrated. Which, I mean, that seems like a little too like, oh, let's, let's move this plot forward. Yeah, it's, I mean... It's convenient, but, you know, maybe he saw it on Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> or Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. Um, but, uh, yeah, so people are getting really uh, upset that Angel hasn't fought Baker at all, and Baker's, like, not doing anything to kill Angel. So um, he gets one of the guards, so Darren gets one of the guards to toss Baker a knife, Um and uh, he ends up cutting Angel's arm with it. Of course, this causes Angel to go into vamp mode. And uh, he ends up uh, stabbing Baker in the chest with a knife because he knows, the, like, oh, Baker's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah. But and Wesley watch on. Which yeah. is, uh, um, I like that choice to make sure that Wesley and Cordy are, are there to, to see this kill. Um, not that they've, obviously, they've seen him kill demons before, but in very... Very different contexts. But yeah, so, um... And now she's like, Oh, Angel's made his first career kill. Angel... <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Somebody needs the Buffy box set. Um, uh, Angel... Jimmy Calendar would beg to <laughs> Angel walks uh, back into, like, that kind of, like, uh, staging area. And uh, Trepkos is about to fight Mellish. And um, Angel's like... To Trepko's like, hey, if no one fights, then no one dies. Like, let's gang up on them. Um, but uh, yeah, Trepko's is like, I'll kill Mellish quickly, mm-hmm. and he does. Yeah, um, I do. Um, and uh, I like how Angel is saying how bad this is, and um, 
Crib says, um, oh, uh, you think you got like one lucky kill and you know everything. He's like, he's like, that's not my first kill. And definitely wasn't my 21st kill. Wasn't even my 21st kill. So I like that, that little bit. Um, I was a little, I mean, I guess there just really wasn't time for it, but there wasn't any like, um, blowback on Ankylosaurus guy. Um, for Trepkos. Trepkos, thank you. For killing Mellish so quickly. It feels like the sort of place where they would be like, I mean, obviously they want the kill, but they want it, they don't want the kill right away because they've got an audience there who want to, who want the fight. Um, and, and yeah, and Trepkos is just trying to get out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm obviously not making excuses for killing, but I mean, this is. He's not the bad guy here. Oh, yeah. I was just surprised. I, I, I was surprised there wasn't just, like, a line. Like, maybe later when he's going up against Angel where the Darren dude's, like, you know, like don't kill him right away like the last mm-hmm. one or something like that. Um, it doesn't matter in the long run, but I was just, yeah. like... I was just, I guess, thinking from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you wouldn't want the fights to be that short. People yeah. pay good money for this. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Mellish, Mellish is killed pretty quick. Um, Cordelia's like, hey, we should call the police. But Wes is like, hey, police are probably involved. I mean, you heard what that guy said right outside. Ding, 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 um, ding. So uh, he's like, you know that what we have to do is just find a way to get rid of the cuffs. Um, and Or like find a way to unlock the cuffs. But if we need to like get one. But hey, Cordelia ended up grabbing the one that uh, Darren had set down earlier because she's awesome. Yep. Yes. I mean, Wesley and Cordy are both great in this episode, but I do think Cordy comes out ahead with just sheer quantity of, like, yeah, yeah. of Cord- badass moments. Cordy is on it in this one. And um, so Jack is, uh, Jack is basically saying, like, oh, uh, Angel, guess you're a demon like everybody else. And Angel is able to, like, uh, painfully grab Jack, um, pull him uh, into the demon area in inside the red lines. And um, he's trying to uh, get a key from Jack. He's trying to get all the other demons to help him. Um, but none of them's doing anything. So Darren eventually shows up. Uh, Angel told the guards to go get him. And he's like, look, you know how this is going to end. Um uh like i because this guy's your brother and darren pulls out a gun and shoots jack and it's like now he's my dead brother and uh some of the bullets actually did go into angel as well because you know that's what happens when you hold a guy close to you and somebody shoots you or somebody shoots that guy um that's and then angel is uh knocked out with cattle prods oh well a bit of a rough week for our boy bit of a rough week (laughs) bit of a rough week however he wakes up in uh, Harrison's dream scenario, uh, in a uh, in an office with Lila Morgan. Damn. <laughs> God damn. And I I know there's so much sexual tension in this scene. It's not even we're not even joking about this. Right. Like, like Lila gets extremely close to um to Angel when she's explaining that Wolfram and Hart has actually bought out um Angel's contract. And that he's free to go. However, Angel is like, oh, well, you know, as long as I don't tell anybody about McNamara's underground fighting league and everything, 
and uh, Lila doesn't Lila doesn't say no. Um, is it just me or does Lila does the actress who played Lila kind of remind you of um, Carrie Russell? Oh yeah, I was getting a lot of um, a lot of Carrie Russell and the Americans vibe. I was gonna say it's specifically the Americans yeah. that because like definitely definitely not Felicity, um, <laughs> but like that very cold. Um, too biz like you know mm-hmm. the, to the to, to the business of it very not not a lot of emotion um yeah um and they're both brunettes and are hot um and um this is one thing that really bugged me about this episode they've taken like the scene is fine i liked it and angel agrees to he's like no i'm not taking your deal and he's like take me back but they've only got two guards who are human and they're they are, they're armed with the cattle prods, sure, but they've taken off Angel's cuff. I don't see why he didn't just... Even with the cattle prods, I think Angel could have taken these two guys, and I guess I guess he wants to get back to try to get this the is... demons to fight back, but I feel like he would just have an easier time taking this place down if he just took out these guards, escaped, went back to the office, and then, like... Then, with the Loaded game... Loaded up like, on weapons. Yeah! And... Like, it just... This is just an interesting scene in general because um, Lila actually does say that um, there are other people in Los Angeles that need your help as he's leaving to go back to the ring. And you wouldn't think that that would be Wolferman Hart's priority because Angel's kind of made Mm -hmm. a bit of a not-so-popular name with Wolferman Hart. But um, Lila does seem to make it seem that maybe she's acting independently from their interests. And maybe she's just saying that. Yeah, I took um, it as like a, it, it less of it's Wolfram and Hart's pr- priority, and but she knows it's Angel's priority. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to say anything more without yeah. getting into future I'm just, developments. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, yeah. I think there, there's yeah. a lot more to Lila and... But then again, we still don't know too much about Wolfram and Hart. Mm. Um, but uh, meanwhile, uh, Wesley is having zero luck uh, opening this bracelet as he's basically just trying to find any substance that'll conduct the right amount of electricity. Emphasis on right, because he does get um, shocked to all hell. Oh my yeah. God. Um, when, uh, Angel, yeah, Angel comes back, he, um, they're like, he was free. Why the hell did he come back? And, uh, and Angel actually, like, holds out, he walks into the red, red lines, um, holds out his arm for Darren to put a bracelet on him, and he's like, oh, well, I mean, if you're back, you're crazy, then we'll go ahead and, like, put you up against Trepkos. And, uh, the twist is that... This is Trepkos's 21st match. Mm-hmm. So he kills Angel, then he's free. Um, it's a nice bit of stakes there. It is. I like that. Um, but uh, yeah, Wes, Wes says that he needs something, oh, supple enough to thread the locking mechanism, but strong enough to spring the release. And Cordelia... Cordelia takes um, horsehair out of her bracelet... Uh, which is from her Palomino 
that she had before the IRS took him away named Keanu. (laughs) Let's just say I'm pretty sure I know which Keanu that horse was named after. The cat, right? That was much later. I know. That's why it was a joke. Wasn't a good joke. No. <laughs> it wasn't a very funny joke. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but hey, guess what? Horsehair works. works. It's okay. Fine. Yeah. This um, <laughs> like it's, it's silly. This is just silly. It's very silly. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the. It makes. You just talked zero about. Sense. You just talked about stakes, but the way that that solution was found kind of makes this whole episode seem like low stakes in general yeah i it's like listen i i get that like we don't what it's not interesting to spend you know a huge chunk of this episode figuring out how to open this key but it's pretty easy to just go i found the spell in the book and now i've made the (laughs) potion and Let's go, because it's a fantasy show, so you can just... Yeah. That's... The shorthand is already there for you in some cases, so yeah, this horsehair thing is really strange. It's like, where'd that come Um, from? And I think it... I think the idea that we're supposed to... Is that, like, yes, we're supposed to be seeing that, yes, Wesley and Cordy are very competent on their own. They can figure this out, figure out this mystery, find the solution, and save Angel. But... This moment here just went a little too far, I think, in the wrong direction of that. Where, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, where I think it could have just it, been it, easy it, enough it just, to just have them make a potion. Yeah, it just seems like odd. Um, but yeah, uh, at the arena, Lila comes in and decides to bet 10000 on Trepkos. And in the words of Roger the Alien from American Dad, <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Never bet against Angel. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just remember that episode of American Dad where um like Francine I think has the steak or whatever and Roger like Roger says like uh, oh I'll pick us up a bottle of wine. She's like, Oh well, I have wine here and then he spends like he spends like a good maybe minute and a half going through this get smart like <laughs> sequence of getting to his wine shelf and all the times just like you stupid bitch you stupid bitch like he says it over and over again oh my gosh <laughs> so now i have a question yeah because i don't know a lot about gambling all right um like the closest i ever come to like to to gambling is that like my my family's big like derby get together where i'll put like five dollars on a random horse that i pulled out of a bag mm-hmm. so she bets ten thousand on trap coast yes trap coast god i'm not gonna remember <laughs> i gotcha does she get her in, in the event that um no one wins the fight and uh all the enslaved combatants um escape and the ringleader of said operation is disintegrated. Is Lila Morgan entitled to a refund on her ten thousand dollars? Well, that is a um, that is a very uh, just hypothetically. That, that is very um, 
specific question about gambling, but I believe at this point it would be a um, something of a healthy scratch. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm I'm just gonna go out there and say that probably not. I like the I love the idea that like whoever's like running like like the minimum wage employee is who's who runs the the booth the gambling booth in all the chaos it's just like fuck it and, <laughs> and leaves a very very rich person this is oh god it's like the sting i've never seen the sting oh but man i have seen the community sting episode <laughs> um so the sting i watched that uh it was either early this year or it was definitely like in the covid time the mm-hmm. covid quarantine time and uh it's fantastic that's it's... one of those movies that um periodically there comes across a movie that somehow john has seen even though he like doesn't watch movies um but i haven't even though i watch a lot of movies that makes sense and... a lot of those movies tend to be like the older classic movies yeah sometimes but one time it was the first two Hostel films. All right. Which, right? Like, out of the two of us, if, yeah. if I had gone, Jason, one of the two of us has seen Hostel and Hostel 2, which one do you think? <laughs> I would have guessed you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that was one. A lot of them are movies that he watched in college with, like, friends. No, like but the, the uh, yeah, The Sting, I think it's a fantastic movie. Um, and uh, it's really fun because they have like um, like all of the different parts of the of the sting have these like little musical interludes that are like a vaudeville style mm-hmm. piano like do 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 like do, 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 in do. the community episode. yeah yeah <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that so I don't like know the specifics of it yeah. but and also I mean you got exactly. you got um you got Robert Redford and oh, nice. um and Paul Newman nice. together again and I think. I think this was after Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm-hmm. um, which is another great movie. <gasps> There's your quadruple feature. I was, well, see, I was gonna, I was gonna wait till you finished talking about the Sting because I was gonna be like, we've done it, we've got it. But yeah, now we've gone even further. I so. mean, if I mean that might be a little too much, Paul Newman and Rob Redford, Robert Redford for you. So we're gonna go with. So it's the Scorpion Good, King. No, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. The Scorpion King and the Sting. The Sting. Well, I was gonna say like a choose your own adventure. Scorpion King, Goodwill Hunting, and then, um, or Goodwill Hunting and then Scorpion King, and then like choose your own adventure, the Sting, or if I'm uh, legit suggesting, if I if I'm legit suggesting this tri- this triple feature, um, I would say, uh, you know what? Yeah. Um, actually, I would order it. Yeah, I like this order. Okay. Scorpion King first, because mm-hmm. you kind of open it up with like a light sort of like, oh, this is fun, this That's is fair. ridiculous. Um, then uh, uh, Goodwill Hunting, which while um, funny at times, mostly like the best beats in it are pretty emotional. Um, obviously, there's like this scene where like it's not your fault that uh, they've made fun of quite frequently, uh, but it's very powerful scene, very good scene. Um, and then, in, but so to like have you like in a little bit of an emotional place, but uh, then end it with the sting, which is just downright enjoyable movie. All right, you heard it here first, people. Scorpion King, Goodwill Hunting, and the Sting, your ing triple feature because <laughs> all those movies end in ing. Nice, very nice. Um, 
Oh, God. We were talking about an angel episode, weren't we? We were. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So, yeah. So, uh... Angel is fighting Trepkos, and he's basically telling him, like, look, even if the cuff comes off, you're still going to be their slave. This is what you're doing mm-hmm. to get your freedom. And uh, that doesn't stop... Uh, and Trepkos like, oh, I'll kill you quickly, um, like he said about Melish. So I think that was, like, a sign of respect. But Angel's so. like, uh, yeah, guess what? I won't let you. Uh, <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> um, I think it's very interesting that... I mean, obviously, they, like, throw in weapons, like, near the end. But particularly in these fights, these two fights with Angel, the one, they don't throw in a weapon in the first one that can kill Angel. Yeah, they throw in a knife. Um, Obviously, in this one, they're a little more invested in Angel being killed. But it is, I just find that interesting. Like, all the other demons presumably can be killed in various ways via hand-to-hand combat. Mm -hmm. But literally, unless... As Crib points out, Trepkos rips Angel's head full off of his body. There's not anything that can be done until he gets the 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 uh, wooden the big stakes yeah. to, to actually kill Angel. Um, Cordy distracts the guard, and Wesley is able to get near the slave quarters. Um, he sees Crib there, and he's like, um, "Oh, do you know where Angel is?" Like, "Oh, Angel, he's dead." I mean, about twenty seconds, he will be. And uh, Wesley's like, oh, well, like, um, if you, like, help me get to Angel, then I'll use this key to unlock all the bracelets. So, of course, Crib uses his uh, iguana tongue to uh, <laughs> grab that key for himself. And uh, sure enough, it works. It's like, huh. Um, then, uh, at this point, uh, Guard drops these wooden staffs. Um, and uh, Trepkos and Angel start fighting with them. Again, Angel's just defending himself. He's not trying to kill Trepkos. Um, But, uh, yeah, the staff breaks. Um, Trepkos is able to, like, impale Angel with that staff. uh, With that, like, staff piece, but doesn't hit the heart, so our boy's good. Um, He, Angel's able to, like, uh, get Trepkos on the ground pulls that stake out, and he's about ready to, like, stab him. All the fighters are watching, including Crib. And, uh, and there's, like, obviously this, uh, tense moment, but then Angel throws it aside. Crowd starts booing. Uh, Well, before that, the crowd's, the crowd's chanting something, like, like, stab his neck or something. (laughs) Or, like, stab him or something. It's, like, there's a lot of, um... I think kind of obviously ADR'd, like, crowd chanting <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so then, uh, Crib, Crib sees that, and obviously we assume that he ends up unlocking the rest of the bracelets. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, uh, as Angel's walking away, uh, Trepkos decides to, uh, sucker punch him. And uh, just hit him a few more times. What a dick! And yeah, it really was. <laughs> and so now he's obviously got the chance to put the kill, put the kibosh on Angel, um, and the crowd's cheering for him to do it. But then Trepkos now comes the realization, like you know what, I'm not going to Convenient. crowd booze. <laughs> it's like, and uh, if I were Angel, I'd be like, God, you couldn't have figured that out like three punches earlier. <laughs> um. Uh, and, uh, Darren sends the guards after them, 
but uh crib and the other demons go after them so there's like a big fight in there and uh some of the demons start pulling the uh onlookers into the ring as well <laughs> nice fucking yeah eat the rich um, <laughs> eat the rich but uh and darren is um uh wesley originally pulls a gun on darren but darren like gets the gun from him it, but it, it sounds like there's a woman who yells kill him and <laughs> when when wesley's when holding the gun, gun on darren and i don't i'm not I, I was like, is that supposed to be some woman yelling to Wesley, kill him? Like, just some woman who's like, I came here to see somebody get killed. Yeah. I don't care who. Girl girl wants, girl's ready with that uh, thumbs down. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Crib, uh, Crib runs in and uh, unlocks Angel's bracelet, but then calls him a loser because, you know, Crib's the... Uh, Crib's the guy that uh, doesn't want to get too close. Um, yeah, and uh, Darren gets Wesley's gun. He's about to shoot Wesley, but uh, Cordelia's like just pushes him right into the pit, and um, and then uh, who is it? It's Crib. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it has to be the one who it can't be Angel because he's he's a good guy. He can't kill the human, and. Uh, Krep- Trepkos has, has endeared himself to us now, so it has to be the dick who does yeah, it. Yeah, Crib puts the bracelet on Darren's wrist, and uh, some of the demons throw Darren out of the red circle, and he gets dusted. Nice. The first time in either Buffy or Angel that we see a human get dusted, so... Love it. There you go. Um, and Crib uh, is able to unlock Trepko's bracelet, and, um, oh yeah, that was a good fight. And uh, he was like, yeah, I could have taken you, but then he needs Cordelia and Wesley's help to get out of the building. They're carrying him out. And uh, they're like, oh, well, I mean, and Cordelia and Wesley are like, oh, well, Wesley found out how to unlock the bracelets. And and uh, Wesley's like, oh, Cordelia figured out like what to use as the key. And then, um, yeah, it's like, you know what? We did good work. But Cordelia's like, yeah, but we also just kind of let a whole bunch of demons loose. <laughs> End episode. Yeah, you get the you get the shot of them all running away, and you get kind of the, the <laughs> yeah, <we're free. laughs> yeah, let's go kill people. Um, <laughs> uh, poor Mescalin or whatever his name was, Melish. Melish. I can't believe I remembered that. I already <laughs> I already took the Buffy wiki down. Um, oof. yeah, this was a um, but yeah, that is the ring. Um, as you said, this is like a, this is a tired trope that is only, that is only good, not great when it's done as well as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll make the exception for the Smallville episode because, um, just of the circumstances with which, uh, Clark is usually fighting people on that. Uh, but for this episode, it's very run of the mill. I wouldn't say that there's anything particularly horribly bad about it but there's also nothing really great about it either it's mm-hmm. i mean i don't want to say that it's filler um it's got good parts but it's got some but overall i just didn't really care about it too much so i'm gonna like put it right in the middle two and a half out of five um horsehair bracelets mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm right there with you um trope i just don't really care for um a couple good subversions in there um 
But, um, and obviously really, really great Cordy Wesley stuff surrounding it. Um, yeah, not bad, but, um, literally other than introducing Lila, I mean, you could skip this episode pretty much entirely and not miss anything. I mean, I know you don't want to call it filler, but I, I don't, and I, I should I'd say, I think sometimes people use the term filler as a negative and sometimes that's true. Um, but sometimes filler episodes can be good. I think, I think, um, when it refers to anime, um, mm-hmm. because animes tend to use a lot of filler, um, they're kind of like well known for that because they want more episodes than just what you get from the manga source material. Yeah. Um, so that's like stuff that is done like kind of, I don't know how much even like the original writers are involved with the manga writers are. So it really does feel tacked on. This doesn't feel tacked on. It, 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 it's more just like a. You know what? Like the positive we take out of it is we could spend more time with mm-hmm. Wes, Cordy, and Angel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is a two and a half for me as well. Um. I'm gonna say, uh, two and a half sexy glasses of champagne with sexy Lila Morgan. <laughs> um. And. I think my gay agenda this week is uh, is Lila Morgan. Um, she's a, in my opinion, queer icon. Uh, I'm not saying she's queer, but she gives, um, she she, you know, there's <laughs> there's a meme that goes around every once in a while that's like some girl does or girl does some really sociopathic shit. And then it's like, her gaze working. <laughs> and that's how I feel about Lila. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, yes, so evil. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I, I really have nothing else to say other than it was, it was an all right time watching it. And yeah. Fun time talking about it. But mm-hmm. I doubt when we come to our season one overview, this episode's going to, even, even mentioned <laughs> for good or bad so um <laughs> firmly in the middle um anything else from from the jason nope my mason? The, nope the jason's good all right well thank you for joining us on booze and buffy we'll be back next week with buffy season four um episode <laughs> 18. 18. My laptop was too far away, and it looked like the 8 looked like a 6 from the distance, and I was like, that can't be right because we're ahead on Buffy. Mm-hmm. Episode 18, Jason's absolute favorite episode of the entire series, Where the Wild Things Are. Ugh. We're gonna have a blast. Ugh. Alright. <laughs> um. God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna, though, because I love this audience. <laughs> um, just think of it. You'll, you'll ha- you have just your own space to just air out all of your grievances <laughs> against this episode. And then this will be followed by the feats of strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Is this, is this podcast really just me making pop culture reference? I mean, I think it's on brand for us. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, I'm Jason. Uh, if you uh, want to hear about all of the stuff that I have to say on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow me on Instagram at yamij357 or on Twitter at just plain old yamij. 
Um, also, I have an Alexander Dumas themed uh, children's math book. And if you are interested in it, just look, just do an Amazon search for Count Your Monte Cristos. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I've actually started to look at this shelf behind me to kind of like guess like where you're going to draw inspiration from. Maybe maybe one week we should turn the table around so you have a different shelf to... to, to that, that's, a, that's a hard shelf to see though. <laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also write a blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com, where I write about a different horror film each week. This week, um, I uh, went one of my all-time favorites. Um, in fact, once we finish up here, I'm going to go edit it and post it. But... Um, the 1996 classic Scream. Ah. Um, Harrison been, is a huge fan of this movie. Huge fan. I was I was kind of like, when am I going to do the Scream movies? I don't want to blow my load too early. Um, but with the fifth one being released in January, I was like, well, this seems as good a time to any. So I've got, I've got the whole franchise kind of staggered out over the, the rest of this half, the next half of the year. Um, in time to do, um, in time to do the new one. I'm excited. Dope. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Or if you are interested, just go after Harrison's, uh, Yahoo account that is <laughs> where Harry is misspelled. Um, but, uh, in this case, the and is spelled out in all of those instances. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting Homeless Youth Connection. The mission of Homeless Youth Connection is to eliminate barriers to graduation for homeless youth and create lasting solutions for a successful future through community support and increased awareness. Visit www.hyca z.org for more information and as always go slay and be gay <laughs> were you gonna try to come up with a pun for the ring no <laughs> bye bye